0: All right. Aftershocks TV, Matt and Chris, we're back with another great episode for you guys and gals. And today we're talking old school hardcore with one of the best we've ever done it out of the Bay Area. And they're back with new music for the first time in almost two decades. From Oakland brand hardcore Veterans Powerhouse, we got vocalist Chris Howard and guitarist Eddie Medina. Yo. Guys, thanks for coming on. Aftershocks, how you guys doing, man? Thanks for coming on. Good. Thank you, man. Yeah, doing good. Thanks for having us. Thanks awesome. for having us. All right, guys. Thanks, man. Well, what's brand new music from Powerhouse, man? I think that's something that a lot of old school fans like myself and the band strongly doubted would ever happen again. But what do you know? Here you guys are. First new music uh, in almost two decades, as we said. And you got the new uh, EP coming out, Renegades. It's out June 17th on Upstate Records. Uh, first in music, too, from the band since, of course, you know the passing of the band's late great bassist and founder, Eddie uh, Ernie Cortez, excuse me. And and like I was telling you, Chris, you know, before we started this, um, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. This is fucking killer. This record, uh, it's it's you know so refreshing to hear that that power you know powerhouse sound the way we knew it back in the in the '90s. But of course, there is some. It, it's it, it sounds really pissed off and balls to the wall too. I mean, there's nothing. You guys are not holding back on this record. I think the fans are going to be real happy. So, why don't you guys just talk? Uh, start off start us off by talking about you know the new lineup. Know and and really what what fueled the fire again to have the band, you know, write and release new music after you know a uh, two-decade break from it.
1: Are you ready?
2: Well, I I remember like uh, Walter, our drummer, was was always in Chris's ear trying to get the band back and trying to do like uh, like the black and blue bowl and stuff like that. And okay, uh, it it was just periodically, and then we were like, yeah, sure, we could do it, but you know, uh, Walter was living in Florida at the time, New York, and then Florida. So it was kind of, kind of tough to rehearse unless you were going to do it, you know, like zoom style. Mm-hmm. Right. But, uh, he kept bugging Chris and bugging Chris. And then like, you know, finally he was like, yo, well let's, let's do it. And then, and then I remember Walter saying, I can't do it now. He couldn't do it. So oh, <laughs> that's, that's the story that Chris told me. So I, I, I believed it because he kept telling me, Hey, let's, let's, uh, let's get together and do it. And so, but I was like, it, logistically, how's it going to work? You know, I like to hear the drums like right there. mm mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, uh, Chris and Walter talked and he was able to move back to the Bay Area. So, uh, from that point on, we got the ball rolling.
1: Yeah, I did. I relented. I relented.
3: Walter, <laughs>
1: he worked on me for years, he worked on me for probably five years. And for the longest time, I was just wow. um, out of respect to Ernie, I felt like it was something that I couldn't do okay. um, for a couple reasons. You know, for one, I mean, he was. He was the guy that started the band, and and I just I didn't I didn't know if there was someone that could actually fill his shoes, not as a bass player, but as a as a person, as a personality, you know, because he was very charismatic and he was a bigger than life kind of personality. And uh, anybody that really knew him and had time to spend with him that way um, knew that. I mean, people were drawn to him, and so it, it was one of those things where I, you know, I. I would hate to think that he'd be looking down on me, be being like, Yo, I can't believe you put that little punk on the stage and he's, you know, <laughs> playing my nice shit right now, you know? Uh, and, and then and then it became this thing where I just kinda understood, like, hey, you know, um it's been a long time and uh, his memory's gonna fade if we don't keep doing this. And and that's something that I, I didn't wanna see happen, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. I, Sure. Well, I mean, do you think, I mean, do you think he would have um, you know, wanted for the band to carry on to continue with the, the powerhouse legacy, even though, you know, he couldn't be there to do it. I mean, is that something you think he would be happy that you guys are doing right now?
1: Well, you know, so that was a conversation that we never had. I know he had a conversation with the doomsday device guys. Okay. And he did say that he wanted doomsday device to go on, but you know, at one point, you know, in the process of people growing up and trying to be responsible and all that kind of shit, Eddie was trying to be responsible. And, you know, for the longest time powerhouse had, I think, I think we ended up with maybe 10 different drummers over the course of, you know, the 12 years that powerhouse existed. Right. at the time. Mm. And so it was always me and Ernie and Eddie, we were the unit. And then at one point, okay. Eddie realized like, hey, I gotta I gotta step back. I have other shit I have to do. I gotta be responsible. And it ended mm-hmm. up being me and Ernie at that point. And I said to Ernie, I was like, hey, dude, you ever leave this band? I'm not doing this without you. Like it doesn't go on without you.
3: Mm-hmm. And yeah.
1: at that point I was like, you know, that's something that I said. I thought it was important that I, you know, stuck by what I said at the time. Um, you know, and then obviously I've I guess I've gone back on my word. But, you know
0: <laughs>
1: I'd like to think it's with good intentions. You know, I do want to keep Ernie's memory out there because he was a pretty Special human being, like they—they broke the mold when they made him. I never—I never met anybody like him, you know. -hmm. I really
0: didn't. Sure, no doubt. Well, yeah. So let me let's talk about you know the record. I mean, once again, you—you got the mighty Lars frederickson from Rancid and the old firm Casuals. He's at the production helm, and of course, he's pretty much done everything You know, he's worked on everything you guys have done, pretty much. uh, You know, I think you know throughout the years, and and absolutely. Really love the overall feel and sound that he was able to extract from you guys on this record. So, what, what is it about you know um, you know that makes both the band and Lars such a I guess a natural fit when it comes to putting out a powerhouse record? Since you guys have do have such a long you know history working together.
1: No, he's a fan. He he like mm. he actually likes powerhouse. So what's that's what awesome. makes it work. You know. So we're friends first off. You know, and mm. I, we we both you know Eddie and I both know Lars probably thirty years now. You know. Okay. Um, but he was always a fan of Powerhouse, and so that's why he was he was excited to work with us. like i mean he he's worked with a lot of bands, but he works with the bands that he likes. He doesn't just take right. on a project for the sake of taking on the project. he
3: mm-hmm.
1: uh, He works with people because he, he he loves the band, he believes in the band, and that's how he felt about us, you know so so we're very fortunate in that respect, you know yeah
3: sure now, now, you guys mentioned that um certainly, you know, carrying on without Ernie is a huge undertaking and it's an emotional undertaking, obviously. And that part you guys spelled out pretty well from just a straight musical standpoint. I, Ernie was the writer was like the primary writer, I believe. Right. Is that, yeah,
2: he wrote a lot of good riffs.
1: Yeah. 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 He wrote a lot. Yes. I mean, Eddie wrote stuff. I wrote stuff, but Ernie wrote really strong. Sure. Like, and he would tell me what that is. It's like you'd right. sit there and just be like, "Oh, you motherfucker! How do you? do that? <laughs> That's like, so easy." He'd literally come up and be like, "I got an idea," and boom, and he'd lay out a song in, in
3: five minutes. Right. Wow. And damn. It would be right. Well, what, what what I'm what I'm wondering, I guess, is with that kind of weight that you guys are self imposing on yourselves to his legacy, how difficult was it for you to you guys to bring in riffs or, or music? And feel like it lived up to what he would have brought. Because I think that's pretty much what you guys are saying you did, right?
2: Yeah, I mean... You know, when we were young, we wrote some stupid, stupid songs. <laughs> had, we had this band called Little Drunk Assholes before Powerhouse. So, you know, we were teenagers, right about drinking, right about chicks, all this stuff. But when we started Powerhouse, like... You know, we're like we we have to come hard. Like we can't we can't write stupid shit anymore. You know, right. Mm-hmm. So uh, this this particular record, we, we were like we, we have to come, we have to come back stronger than we were before, even though right. we don't have Ernie, and uh, and I, I'm pretty sure he'd be proud of the stuff that we've written. Like, you know, we all come up with ideas and just almost like we we never left. Right. The only person missing, is of course, our, our bass player. Friend or brother, but we're we're gonna carry the tradition like that, and we we want to come back with hard songs. Like and I, I feel like this the CP has, has got that, and we have more you know, up our sleeves for that. So carrying the tradition of you know good music,
3: right on.
1: I was stressed. I was personally stressed. Okay, <laughs> I was personally stressed about you know writing something good because I knew oh. that people would judge it. People would judge it be like, you know, oh, Powerhouse ain't shit without Ernie, this or that, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and I want I want the band to sustain for the fact that we do want to keep his memory out there. And I don't want this to come, you know, come back on some bullshit where people are just like, oh, yeah, it was cool back in the day. And whatever, they're doing some songs now. It's, it's OK. That, right. That's one of those fears that I had, you know. Mm
3: hmm. Mm-hmm. No, that makes sense. Now. Just just because, obviously, we, we don't know, but I, I, you guys know this better than we do. 20 years apart is a long time. You know, it's a very long time. And I'm sure there was probably, and maybe I'm wrong, but I'm, I'm going to guess that there was probably some rebuilding that had to get done just in relationships. Just getting back to knowing. You know, I don't know how much you guys kept in touch with each other, but I, I'm assuming it wasn't daily like when you were in a band together talk about rebuilding the band not just from the musical standpoint but relearning how everybody works how everybody thinks who's early who's late you know what annoys you all the little things that that go into making a band work cuz there's a lot of that that goes into oh, sure. make the band work together that most people you know, I mean you guys have heard it band breaks up they come back and everybody's just like oh yeah cool they're back together and they don't think about well, man, that guy used to drive me fucking crazy because he wouldn't show up until three minutes before the show started. You, you know, mm-hmm. I mean so talk a little bit about rebuilding yourselves as a as a unit before you started rebuilding as a musical entity.
2: That that I mean I felt like you know, we were we were before Walter came back, we were we were trying out uh, this kid Max uh, local guy so we could practice regularly. And we were doing that and we ended up writing the first song, uh, it's been a minute with him and, uh, and it, I felt like we were already progressing little by little, uh, somehow our max, couldn't keep up with us. Um, that's when, uh, Walter came back and then okay. uh, w- replaced him basically. Uh, and when he came back, we started playing the old songs and just relearning them, but some of them were just muscle memory and we blazed right through it. Walter just remembered everything. He's, you know, he's a, he's a machine. Right. Uh, and mm-hmm. so that felt, you know, when we got one song down, we're like, okay, let's go to the next one and try that one. And, and, and it wasn't, it didn't take very much work uh, just remembering a couple of key, you know, changes in the songs. But uh, I felt once we got four or five songs down of the old stuff, uh, we were able to move forward and write the new stuff. Um, I, again, I, we already had, it's been a minute, uh, uh, laid down. So we taught it to Walter came down and he was like, I can, I can work around this. And we let him, you know, uh, work freely around his drumming technique for that. And it, it came out to be what it is, but we hit the ground running. Like as soon as he, he got those songs down and, uh, we just kept working on it uh chris and walter were roommates for a minute and then they were writing a lot of stuff uh while while you know we were at work well,
1: and, in covid lockdown we were writing. Yeah, right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah you know? so but yeah well i mean once that happened and we got casey in the band it, it it just it took a second to gel but not very long and we're all we're all good friends we hang out all the time so yeah right that was, not, do, that was not difficult.
1: We do, ha- we do hang out a lot. I mean, that's, uh, life being responsible sucks because it, it gets in the way of, well, the shit you want to do, you know? And
0: <laughs> right? so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, you know,
1: I, I didn't get to see Eddie as much as I wanted to. And so being able okay. to do the band, I'm psyched because I see him way more than I had. But, you know, um, Eddie has kids and we will work and I have a business to run. And, you know, there's sure. a million different things going on. And, and so is, mm-hmm. but we've always, we were always friends first. You know, the band was the bonus. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm gonna talk to Eddie and see him and barbecue and hang out and do all that shit, whether we're playing music or not. And that goes okay. with Casey. That goes, you know, Abe lives in Texas now, but you know, I talk to Abe all the time. You know, Walter's back. I stayed in touch with him all the time. So you know, we were we were always in touch. And for me, when it came to doing this, I needed to get right in my head. You know, it was it was one of those things that was so it was it was painful for me. It was really you know, mm-hmm. when Ernie died, it was painful for me. There was a lot that I lost. At that mm-hmm. point you know he was my business partner he was he was my best friend you know him and eddie are my best friends you know and mm-hmm. uh he's my bandmate you know and, and all of that was taken away in one fell swoop so you know sorry to everybody it took so long but you know <laughs> here we yeah. are you know
0: hey it's it's been worth the wait i mean you know let's and let's talk about you know uh it's been a minute since it's been you know a, a while talk about the first uh, single i mean like i said what a way to come back i mean one of the most i think brutal tracks you guys really have ever yeah. done um, and that sound, man. You know, it sounds like to me a hardcore should sound. It has that classic sort of, I guess, for lack of a better word, ambience to it. I mean, it sounds like it was recorded in, like, you know, in the age of quarrel era hardcore in the middle late eighties. There, you know, it's got almost that old school sort of crossover, that Normandy sound feel to it. You know, from Rhode Island, with all the Crowmags and Leeway and all those bands recorded there. What, what exactly? So, were you guys trying to do? on this record in terms of getting that vintage hardcore sound on a recording. I mean, was that your intention to make it sound like that and not have it, you know, sound all pro tools sounding and clean, like all the other stuff you hear in these days are in general. Uh, we, just,
2: we just, we just told our producer, Hey man, just uh, make it sound great. You know, make, make it sound <laughs> not, not too overproduced, not too, mm-hmm. uh, uh, like a cookie cutter home kind of stuff, you know, you see the same house for miles and, right, mm-hmm. you know, throw in your own, your own little satisfaction or work, you know, your sound. And, and he, he, he just came up with that. And we liked it. We enjoyed it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lars, Lars was good about, you know, steering some of that. Like he, he's got, he's got a shit ton of guitars and he brought in a whole bunch of guitars. He's like, I think this one's going to sound great for this one. And we literally changed guitars across songs
0: yeah
3: okay
1: like, Now we're gonna use this guitar for this song we're gonna use this guitar for this song and you know and then michael rosen is amazing getting you know guitar tones
3: right as well
1: yeah. and, well that was great you know that that was all um but uh the the actual songwriting part um you know eddie came in with that song eddie eddie fucking ripped that one i was just like
0: nice
1: i said to max because max would drive over to the practices with me and after we eddie came in with it that the first day and we kind of worked it out i was like i was like i was like shit if Eddie keeps writing shit like this we got something you know
3: and
1: uh, <laughs> right it rips that's one rips it's it's, oh, it's yeah, it's, yeah I, I like that one a lot it's it's fun yeah. to play too um but um i for me personally i just kept trying to harness you know ernie in ways you know mm-hmm. I, I, I would just kind of be like what would ernie do what would ernie do? and and you know and i have a different style of writing you know that's just you know i don't know I'm not a great guitar player. I can stumble around a guitar and I can kind of arrange the song <laughs> mm-hmm. and whatever. Eddie's going to play it 10 times better than I ever could, but I can come up with shit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, and, but all I could do was think like, well, you know, what's the powerhouse sound, you know? And, you know, the second record had more of a, you know, a, like a, probably a, a current, at that point, current heart, what lies ahead had more of a current hardcore sound. Mm-hmm. I kept thinking like, I think we need to get, you know, and we didn't do it, but I felt like, oh, we need to be maybe closer to what no regrets was at the time. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, it's 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 probably somewhere in between the two records what we have, but I think it's I think it's actually pretty
3: pretty good. What we it got.
0: is it's pretty damn good, oh, yeah. man. You know, and well, let's talk about you know, let's talk about the Oakland brand hardcore and the, and the powerhouse sound. I mean, you guys obviously you definitely carried the torch for the seed, you know, here in the Bay Area in the '90s. Uh, no, you just mentioned no regrets. It's an absolute hardcore classic. And, and same thing, I thought What Eyes Ahead" was was a very underrated record. I think you guys really? Stepped it up and, and and took a different Direction on that record that just obviously I think gets overlooked a lot Um And I, I What that record to me also signified is that And what separates I think you guys From say like you know a, a lot of this Say New York hardcore bands is that you know Powerhouse the, the powerhouse sound Definitely you know, obviously you guys have that New York hardcore bass but to me what Separates you guys from the Just hardcore bands in general is that you, you Were and you still aren't afraid to you know add Some things to your sound that other Hardcore bands that maybe sound similar to you, I think are afraid or unwilling to to sort of try. You guys, I think, do take uh, some risks. Riffs, excuse me, risks. I mean, let's just for instance the on Outlast and Renegades on the new album. I mean, those songs have those leads. A lot of hardcore bands don't really put in leads. You know, uh, they don't like to for whatever reason. It's sort of a you know don't do that thing. It's very taboo sometimes in hardcore and punk you know music. Songs like Lose My Faith on What Lies Ahead. Another one. I mean, not a lot of hardcore bands have those sort of parts and structures in their sound, but you guys always willing to kind of, I think, you know, take those risks or to add in things that other bands wouldn't. So what is it to you that really makes Powerhouse and, you know, Oakland brand hardcore different, it you know, makes it a different sound than any other style of hardcore, in your opinion?
2: For me, it's just, uh, you know, getting together with friends, having barbecues, and then a hardcore show breaks out. Nice. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Nice <laughs> and simple. It. That's, that's the, <laughs> That's the, oh, that was the core back then. It was just, like, hey, let's mm-hmm. hang out. Let's have barbecues. We get to see all our friends. And then, hey, guess what? There's a hardcore show playing. And mm-hmm. that was it. That was the main fo- focus of us, like getting together, writing stuff for our friends, basically, you know. Right come, enjoy, mm-hmm. come enjoy our company. We want to enjoy your company. It's all about friendship. Oh, it's right on. Yeah. It's right yeah, we
1: you know we would write. Yeah, when we would write, we you know it just again you know Eddie kind of has a style. He writes. I have a style. I write. Ernie had a style. He you know and and we would all bring stuff to the table. But it, and it's kind of what made those records kind of seem like, you know, I, I not all over the place, but you know the songs were different. You could definitely tell there was different. I don't know. It seems like you know you would, would kind of feel like oh someone else wrote this song because it definitely is different from this song. Definitely different. You know. So. Mm-hmm.
2: It's a good yeah. mix. Good mix to have, though. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So. Oh, yeah. Well, it's what absolutely.
3: separated you guys from everybody else, exactly. really.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah,
3: exactly. Absolutely.
0: Well, now in terms, you know, of, of the, you know, the local hardcore sound here in Bay Area. I mean, I'm. I grew up in New York City. I've been living out in California now for 24 years, 12 of them. I've been living right around here in Oakland uh, area. I can easily say that you know, Oakland and the Bay Area in general. It, it to me, it's always felt like it's it's the West Coast version of New York City um a lot of similarities especially in terms of just the urban blight factor you know which is very similar i think between the two cities and regions you know and that vibe i really feel is also embedded into the powerhouse sound as well i mean oakland really has it always remind me kind of like brooklyn it's got a real blue collar no bullshit demeanor you know uh you know just aspect to it and um you know maybe obviously maybe not so much these days both brooklyn here i know it's a little bit hipster than it used to be but i mean it just you know obviously i said just historically though it has that you know, that feel to it. I mean, so to me, I mean, the Oakland, you know, brand hardcore sound with that urban flair that you guys have, I think that's what powerhouse is a band. Um, it's that, that you guys have in hardcore and that kind of differs you guys also, I think from, a, you know, the rest of the Bay area um, bands around here as well. The hardcore bands over the years, you know, I mean, there's obviously some great hardcore bands that have come out of here, but I, none of them sound like you guys, you know, why do you think that is in your opinion? And Why do you think your guys sound is really just so much different than all the other
2: bands from the Bay Area? Oh, god, I don't know. I mean, we're old, we play old, (laughs) yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. No, I mean, I I don't know. I guess you're talking about the solos even earlier, it's kind of like you go back to. You know, even Warzone and stuff, Warzone was willing to throw a fucking they solo did, yeah. mm-hmm. all the time. And, you know, I, I know uh, you know, there's influences there for us. I mean, I, I kind of feel like there's more of um you know, of probably the late eighties, early nineties era hardcore that we, you know, mm-hmm. that's what I grew up with. You know, that's when I was mm-hmm. going to shows in the mid to late eighties and stuff. That's you know, clearly the stuff that influenced me. And mm-hmm. um uh it kind of comes out in a way, you know. But again, it's kinda weird because there's what drew me to powerhouse because, you know, I wasn't the original singer. I came in after um, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Reed.
3: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: When I heard what these guys were playing, it was the closest thing that I heard to like a New York hardcore band. Without, but but it still had a lot of West Coast influence because, you know, Eddie and Ernie grew up on a lot of, of the West Coast stuff that I wasn't so familiar with. And that influenced mm-hmm. them as well, you know. And, mm-hmm. and so that, that's kind of how we ended up with this mishmash because it was like there was a love of both scenes by by powerhouse, like, you know the, the the East Coast hardcore that was coming out of New York, and and clearly the West Coast, uh, you know punk and, and and all of that that mm-hmm. these guys loved back then too, you know. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. Kind right of on. Like,
1: created what we have, you know.
3: Sure, yeah. definitely. Well, you know, one of the things now is at least from me looking at it, and you guys can tell me I'm full shit if I am, because I may be, but. Um, <laughs> Hardcore now just seems like it is so much more click-based than it was in the 90s. It seemed like if in the 90s it seemed like you could veer off a little bit stylistically, but everybody kind of was in the same family, more or less, you know, where now it seems like, well, there's there's metallic hardcore and there's punk core, and there's you know, there's all these cores. And, and there's vegan and there's straight edge and there, you know, there's so many different clicks that hang together. Do you guys feel now coming back into it, that it's still a lifestyle or do you feel like it's very much been kind of almost invaded by the social media where everybody wants to be part of a click instead of part of the bigger, you know, the bigger community.
2: Ooh, it's a tough one. It's, it's, you know, I'm, the fact that all this stuff makes it easier for these heart for these hardcore young kids, right. it's fucking awesome. I wish we had this shit when we were
0: in you know, our age.
3: Sure. Yeah, but, but, for real.
2: <laughs> you know, but, but they, they don't even know, like, how much work they have to do to, to make a flyer, post up a flyer, share it, post it on, you know, post, um. Or oh, or or they do. I don't know. Uh, a lot of them just have it really easy with you know fingertips. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: I don't.
1: Yeah, I, I'll tell you this. Um, I feel like the Bay Area is actually pretty special. I I do believe okay. there's actually a lot of unity here. It's one of those things that um, I'm still pretty aware of in the fact when I you know when I I I, I still promote shows here. I book a lot of bands and stuff. Okay. Um, um you know we're we're now playing shows again too. But the, the level of cooperation and collaboration and effort that seems to be made throughout the entire, you know, Bay Area that I'm aware of, at least, really mm-hmm. makes me proud to be here. just well, kind of sure. like, wow, we've got something really, I said, I, I, I believe we have something particularly special here because um, everybody kind of believes that, you know, we're, we are all in this together here. I can't necessarily okay. speak about that in other places, but here, I feel that. I feel that. I mean, the, the amount of love that we're getting from the, the bands that have, you know, been playing for years now and putting in all the hard work and the way that mm-hmm. they've, they've, they're they welcoming us back and and wanting to um, do stuff with us and, and help us. And, you know, it's it's cool, man. I mean, th- there's a lack of competitiveness that's kind of cool. I mean, nice. everybody wants to sure. do and everybody You're wants sure. to the- why, you you kind of want to, like, you know, push people to be the best that they can be, but at the same time, you don't feel like anyone's out there being like, oh, yeah, fuck you guys. We're way better. Like, there's not mm. Right. It's yeah.
0: like a sibling rivalry type of thing, you know, something like yeah, that. Right?
1: Yeah, yeah, where everybody mm. really wants to see everyone do do good.
2: Yeah, right on. They want to see everybody succeed, and they're willing to help out everybody and anyone, yeah. no matter yeah. what age group, no matter what you're into. You know, if you call somebody for, hey, is it cool if I can do this, and... Can you help me out with it? Sure, no problem. Everybody's willing to help each other out here, sure. which is which is you know it's 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 a rare thing, but it, it is it's, it's really solid and it that's what makes us proud. It's like wow, you know we're getting sure. love, we're getting love back. We felt we didn't we party, we just party. You know, we wanted to have fun and play shows. And this mm-hmm. is you know mm-hmm. kids coming up to us, hey, you 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 influenced us, and you guys, uh, you know, I'm playing because of you guys and. You're just like, what? We just wanted to party and hang out with people. <laughs> right. Hang out with right. friends, you know. But mm. but the fact that they're like willing to help out anyone, not just us, but sure. any other touring bands, local bands. Yeah. Uh, it's, sure. it's 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 amazing. It's a really tight bond over here. Sure.
3: You know, yeah. you know, it's interesting that you guys say that because I, I want to go exactly off of what Eddie was saying about maybe it being easier because because of, you know, you can throw a flyer on Facebook and everybody sees it. I think I always lean personally to the other side of that, which is the community gets weakened because you, and you guys know this, right? I mean, you know, there's something lost when you guys and two friends that are in this band and three friends that are in this band, y'all go out together and flyer. Y'all go out together and you know, this week your bass player's sick, but your are friends with this guy and he's, you know, he knows all your shit. You all, you know, all his, so he could step in and, you know, to me, some of that gets lo- has been lost by not being together. But it's really interesting to hear you guys say that it doesn't sound like, at least out there in Oakland, that that's been lost at all.
2: No, no, yeah, hell no.
1: I don't think so. I mean, and so, and, and at this point, we're not even talking specifically about Oakland. We start encompassing the Bay Area. So you're talking right, about man. San Jose, Santa Cruz. You got Scowl and you got Tsunami and Hands of God. And then you got these streets from a little further in. They're from like the Central Valley. And then you got all the right. bands coming up in the Sacramento area, but yeah. everybody's mm. working together. Like everybody, it's, it's, it's pretty fucking cool, man. Like
3: oh, it, yeah. it
1: really is. It's special. It, it, it's, it's cool here. and And, and right now, you know the San Jose scene is pretty hot. You know you got Drain right. and Gulch and Tsunami, and mm-hmm. you know, there's a ton of stuff going on in Scal and, and, and everybody's making noise. And and at the same time, these guys are all still willing to, you know, contribute. Malachi books tons of shows. Still, he does. You know, he's busy with Scal. He's crazy right. with Scal, but he is he is still making sure that shows go on in Cupertino. That shows go on in Santa Cruz. Like he's how and he puts in a lot of work, man. Yeah. A lot
0: mm-hmm. on. And has no? Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
2: I don't know, he's just a young kid. You know, he's enjoying it. He's helping out everybody that walks by. and reaches out to him. He's whatever he can do. He'll he'll do it. Has and the
0: scene or in the Bay Area scene always been sort of like that? Has there always been that real uniform? Even when you guys were coming up in the '90s, was it real tight like that? Do you feel it's maybe yeah. even more so today? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah, so.
1: I mean, I mean it's, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry,
2: no, there was a you know there was a couple of uh, resistance and stuff where we we didn't get much love, but that was mm-hmm. earlier on in our beginning the beginning of our stages like they didn't they didn't know what hardcore was you know it was just mostly punk rock and metal thrash and stuff like that hardcore it was a handful of bands back then um mm-hmm. and so they didn't know what to expect they didn't know what uh, I mean we got labeled so much you know so much stuff because of our type of music we got labeled as thugs and criminals and we're like we're not even none of that like as soon as we met some bands we're like yo you guys are the coolest dudes ever I was like yeah man we're, we're here to for music. For the love right. of the music, you know, we're not here to start fights. But you know, not 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 gonna say we're gonna back down if you step up to us. But right, that was yeah. our, our our goal was not to start fights and stuff. it Was just to play music, enjoy the friendship, or you know, like like I said earlier, enjoy the company of our friends and make new friends and old friends and stuff like that. So, but yeah, at first it wasn't it wasn't uh, there was nothing there, so we had to pretty much pave the way. Yeah. Okay. And the
1: hardcore scene didn't come easy here. It definitely yeah. didn't come easy. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it was, you know, it, this is this was thrash metal. I mean, this is a thrash mm-hmm. metal mecca, yeah. right? I mean, and then you have punk yep. rock. And then hardcore was one of these things that people were. Hardcore was a thing that, like, you know, was considered like the crew shit, like that. A lot okay. of people that went to stuff weren't so into it. like you know, so mm-hmm. the hardcore because they felt like it was almost like gang kind of shit. Mm-hmm. It's, like it's, just, it's, it's, it's another music scene really, you know, and you have a bunch of guys that all kind of roll together, but, um, but it took a lot of hard work with a lot of people and it was small here for a long time early on. And so it really, really took everyone coming from Santa Cruz and from Sacramento and from Stockton and all that showing up at all the shows everywhere to make things mm-hmm. sure really mean like something, you know, and, and to, to mean something. And, and, um, I think that's still kind of just for whatever reason that tradition seems to carry on where everybody's just really still recognizes the fact that, you know, it takes all of us here, you know?
3: Mm -hmm. Right. Is it, is it weird for you guys now, when you hear that, when you, like you guys were saying before, when you hear people come up to you and say, Oh, this is the reason I play, or, you know, the, this music that we made was was influential in somebody becoming a, you know, a guitar player, a drummer or whatever that, you know, that always feels weird to most people. And then especially at this point where you guys are like kind of re-getting your, your wheels under you, so to speak. And you know, that's got to feel weird or maybe, maybe I'm thinking it almost puts a lot of pressure on you to really deliver because you've got so many people now that are telling you that they're in it because of you. Do you guys feel that?
2: Nah. (laughs) you know i i I I, i'm i'm you know i'm i'm real to them i'm like yo man that's cool that you that that you that whatever i did inspired you and whatever but i was doing it just to have fun make make friends new friends and that's what i'm doing for now um Mm -hmm. the fact that we got to travel and see you know the world it just blew my mind i was like wow I i never expected this like you know, I didn't think we were going to leave Oakland. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> we were just going to play house parties in Oakland, you know, as as a as a thing. But it got serious, and and we ended up traveling. And you know, Chris did a lot of work on that. He 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 was like reaching out to people, and he he's like, "Hey, we play in this town." I was like, "What? All right, let's do it." And then we you know we got a van, we traveled, and we got to see the world on 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 the music's dime, you know, mm-hmm. right. Which is, and that's why i tell kids it's like if you really love it just play it from your heart you know from the heart man.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah i mean you're always honored you're flattered when you hear something like that where someone's like oh wow you know like i you know it's funny now because there's people that i'm friends with and their kids actually like our band and that's like really flattering it's like wow yeah. you guys yeah. are just teenagers now and you, you that's whoa okay it's it's kind of like a moment where you just go holy shit, that's really cool yeah.
2: right. but uh,
1: you know it also makes me feel like um got to keep delivering you can't can't Mm. disappoint like you know and for that i I, you know i've always believed in this band like you know i've always felt like you know uh we had something special and we had something great and that we always needed to to i well i always felt that we needed to push harder you know and that's Mm. i was the guy always pushing for that like being like no we could do this no we could do that you know Mm. know, i've I've always i've always believed in the band i really sure
0: sure yeah, no doubt. Well, let's talk about guys. I mean, as you know, we were talking before we started. Chris, I mean, you guys just wrapped up some dates uh, in the Midwest and East Coast. here. what's the plan for you guys going forward now in terms of shows? Like I said, I know you got one next month in Oakland coming up. Uh, wh- any any plans to do anything else after that? at festivals or anything? What's the what? What are you guys thinking?
1: Yeah, yeah, we got. Yeah. So right now we have. Uh, we are in the middle of May, so. May twenty seventh, May twenty eighth, we have uh, we have Sacramento Cafe Colonial, okay. Um, in Sacramento, that'll be Friday the twenty seventh, Saturday the twenty eighth. We'll be playing the X Bar uh, with Dead Heat. That'll be a really good show. That's uh, Cupertino. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we have our record release show in Oakland, so we'll actually play mm-hmm. a, a like a, a proper Oakland show. Nice.
0: Awesome. That'll be for
1: the record release. That's going to be June twenty fifth. So mm-hmm. that's really cool. And then and then shortly after that, we go out and we'll be um, upstate New York. We're playing Albany um okay. rick and that'll be they'll be kicking off a tour and we'll be playing a show with them and then we go to this is hardcore
0: oh nice it, okay
1: it's good you know joe joe hardcore oh, is, yeah. is, has always been uh like a dear friend of ours he's always been a, a staunch powerhouse supporter mm-hmm. he's spent a ton of time in the bay area he, he would come out here and and just spend what seems like months at a time wow. and we loved having him you know he's like a little brother and mm-hmm. And he's taking good care of us. He's going to get us on that. We'll play Boston as well. And I'm now in the process of putting together some things for – that's July. That's that's early July. That's the 8th, 9th, and 10th of July. And then okay. um, I'm, I'm putting things together September and October now too. Okay. So, awesome. so right now, you know, we're stringing smaller things together. I kind of feel we didn't push really hard because I, we've all been wanting to play these new songs. Mm-hmm. Right. We, we all believe in them. We we believe that they're that good. And um, so we're kind of like we're anxious for this record to come out. And then we're really hoping to start kind of really, you know, pushing a bit harder once once those songs are out there.
0: Yeah. no, Fantastic. man, Awesome. Well, yeah, once again, the return of the mighty Oakland brand hardcore legends powerhouse. The EP is called Renegades. It's out June 17th on Upstate Records. And guys, why don't you go ahead and just uh, let the listeners know where they can keep up with the band. Check out tour dates, merch, you know, all that good stuff.
2: We got uh, Powerhouse, OBC at Bandcamp for all the, you know, you get merch, uh, you download all the albums. What Lies Ahead is on there. Um, the singles are on there. No Regrets is on there. Pandemonium. A couple of uh, compilations are on there. <clears throat> Great. Uh, one with Numb and then we did a uh, rape, Rabies Tribute. One of the songs is on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Bandcamp is the way to go. And then you can always find us on all streaming platforms with uh, No Regrets, uh and then singles. And then uh, another single will drop on May 22nd, which is uh, Renegades, the title track. That right. drops uh, May 22nd on all all platforms. 20th or
1: 22nd, Eddie? Is it 20th? 22nd. Is it 22nd?
0: Okay, cool. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. All right. Great, yeah. guys. Once again, Renegades, EP. Uh, you guys, anything you want to say before we wrap this up?
1: You say powerhouse OBHC, but the OBHC at the end. That's the best way to find us. There's there seems to be a few powerhouses out there, so okay, we want to distinguish ourselves. We are powerhouse Oakland brand hardcore, so OBHC.
0: Very Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, there it is, powerhouse renegades out June 17th. Guys, thanks so much for coming after shocks, man.
3: When it's time to rock, it's time to tune in to Crash Course Radio. Featuring the very best of the heavier music, from Slayer to Clutch to Fear Factory, it's all in one place, Crash Course Radio. To tune in to Crash Course Radio, simply visit www.cmsradio.net. You can also tune in on the CMS Network app by opening the app clicking the musical notes at the top right corner and selecting Crash Course Radio from our stations. All the best heavy music is there, so you should be too. Ditch the commercial radio and make Crash Course Radio your everyday station.